Welcome back to New Rockstars, I'm Eric Voss, and Rick and Morty Season 4, Episode 4 just made whatever list Mr. Jellybean is on a whole lot longer. Oh, uh, nothing needs to be getting longer right now. Because Claw and Hoarder Special Victims Morty is smut. I enjoyed it, but just so that uh, I don't end up on any lists, it's, uh, it's, it's smut. I don't think there's any confusion over this episode's commentary about dragons being masturbatory escapism, but there is one mystery tucked away in the B-plot. What the hell is that cat all about? What? cryptic horror show did Rick and Jerry see that shook them to their core? And will it matter in future episodes? Later in this analysis, we'll discuss this episode with special guests. Let's quickly dig into the dark secret of Claw and Hoarder Special Victims Morty in this episode of Rick Explained. Warnings both for spoilers and triggers. Like Jerry this episode, no person who's young or young at heart should look too deeply into this because memory wipes do not exist in our world, sadly. Okay, as Rick, Morty, and Summer deal with slut dragons, the B story of this episode comes off a bit tame on the surface, until we learn what it's really about. Jerry discovers a talking cat, voiced by Matthew Broderick, who simply wants to be taken to Florida for some partying and volleyball. But in the end, Rick learns that all that good timing is a lie. Scans the cat's mind to learn the truth. See the truth. What in the... Oh, son of a bitch. Jerry, don't. I wanna see. No, you do not. Christ! Rick sends the cat away as he and Jerry scream through psychotic breakdowns. Rick actually nearly shoots himself in the mouth, but then he wipes Jerry's memory so that Jerry won't have to live with the horrible knowledge of this cat's origin. Then later in the post-credit scene, the cat encounters the dragon. Is there a reason you can speak? Yeah, and I'm ashamed of it. Then speak of it no more. Do you wish to eat? Maybe bond a little? Yeah, I could bond. How long does it take you to fly to Florida? So according to the writers of this episode, the mystery cat was a nod to animated kids' movies in which animals could talk and it's never really explained. The cat subplot was an attempt to just have fun. The cat represents that voice in your head in the writer's room. It's like, you're overthinking it, just have fun. That came from like, it was Disney movies, like Oliver and Company or anything like that. Like, they never really explained why the cats can talk. <laughs> the cat is here to save Jerry from overthinking it. Eh, sure, but this is also the writer's room notorious for overthinking everything. So it wouldn't surprise me if there actually was an answer to this cat mystery, but the writers are rightfully holding off from revealing it. And I believe that this episode actually gave us all the clues we need to piece together this cat's awful, awful past. Clue number one, the audio of the scan that Rick and Jerry watched. If you listen closely to that sound mixing, you can hear people screaming, general sounds of mayhem, and then this. That was distinctly the sound of a baby crying. And you can hear it again in the brief second that Jerry watches it. So this cat's past crimes must involve children. But kids aren't the only vulnerable demographic this cat victimizes, told to us by Jerry in the next clue. He was in my home where I keep photos of my parents! So why are Jerry's parents important here? Well, remember the one time we met them, Leonard and Joyce, back in season one, Jerry's biggest concern about them was what? The fear that they were being exploited in a sexual relationship with Jacob. So keep that mind in the gutter as we move on to clue number three, Florida, my home state. So why Florida? Why ever Florida? Could there be something to the fact that Florida is a popular state among elderly retirees? Or is it just the fact that the state's known for its reckless sex parties? Sex is definitely on the cat's mind, evidenced by clue number four. But do you know what a peanut butter gargoyle is? Nah, what's that? Dude, it's when you take the chick, put her feet on a cathedral. Sorry to interrupt guys, just wanna clarify, are these real sex positions? Because if they are, 
How are they gratifying to the male at all? Yeah, it's no mystery that this episode on the whole is all about sexual deviance. But the fact that the cat bonds with the dragon in the post credit scene proves it. And the biggest clue stared at us in the freaking face the whole time. Look at the fur pattern on the cat's nose. Folks, it's in the shape of a dick and balls, literally on the nose. Now it's interesting to me how the cat's crimes made them vomit. Not too much of the dark shit on this show induces vomiting, but there was one similarly unspeakably dark moment that the show treated the same exact way. We found it inside a lockbox, inside King Jellybean's closet. Mm, see whether it's Mr. Jellybean urging to go with the flow, or this cat urging us to not ask questions and just have fun. It all sounds like the same flavor of bad news, folks. So I think that like Mr. Jellybean, this cat is a freaking rapist. Maybe one that targets children and the elderly. This episode and the Mr. Jellybean episode are the only two in the series to visit fantasy-inspired realms. And both realms are sexually violent. And the title of this episode is a pun nod to Law & Order SVU, a series specifically about sex crimes. Maybe this episode of Rick and Morty, the surprise rapist is a cat. So maybe the cat is the Mr. Jellybean of his dimension. Maybe he's Mr. Jellybean reincarnated. That's why Rick didn't kill it, because he killed Mr. Jellybean before. He sees that same dark evil soul in this cat, and now he wouldn't know which body this sex demon would reincarnate into next. Look folks, I don't like talking about this stuff, but it's real, and it's something that the Rick and Morty writers have addressed before. And when they wrote that Mr. Jellybean episode back in season one in the year 2014, the show was still pretty low profile. They probably felt a bit bold older with the kind of jokes they could try to get away with. But the years have gone on, the show has felt that they kind of have to avoid the subject matter as the show's appeal and viewership has widened into the mainstream. That is until now when they call it out in this episode when Rick participates in a soul orgy with his underage grandkids. Baby, don't tell your parents we did this. So is the cat there to mask the sexually violent undertones of this episode? Maybe, maybe not. But if it is, I would not be surprised if the writers just brush it off as a, a metaphor for overthinking things. And it looks as though this cat could come back in this season's finale, probably gonna air sometime early 2020, based on Rick's line. Oh, Jesus, your dad's been texting me this whole time? Uh, he's at an airport with a cat. Okay, that, that sounds, wow. You know, I better check on him. Big season finale right there, you know? But what is your explanation for the cat? While we're talking about questions and answers, a reminder that New Rockstars has launched a new weekly Q&A series, The Big Question, where you can ask us your nerdiest questions, and we'll apply whatever nerdy laws of physics we remember from grade school to try to answer it. First episode is on the channel now. Go check it out. It's great. And we'll continue this discussion about this episode of Rick and Morty with some special guests after a brief message from our sponsors. Why do people still go to the post office, especially during the holidays when everyone is trying to send gifts and cards to a loved one or fruitcakes to unloved ones. Anything you can do at the post office, you can do at stamps.com. Stamps.com eliminates trips to the post office and saves you money with discounts that you can't get at the post office. Here at New Rockstars, we've been using Stamps.com to ship rewards to our Patreon patrons, and it's been super helpful and a big time saver. Keep an eye out for that hot, hot merch blazing up your mailboxes, patrons. Stamps.com brings all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your computer. Whether you're a small office sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products, or even a warehouse sending thousands of packages today, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Not to mention, it's a fraction of the cost of expensive postage meters. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, saving you time and money. It's no wonder over 700,000 small businesses already use Stamps.com. Don't spend a minute of your holiday season at the post office this year. Sign up for Stamps.com instead. There's no risk. With my promo code RICKSPLAINED, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at 
at the top of the homepage and type in Rick Splained. That's stamps.com and a Rick Splained. Stamps.com never go to the post office again. This episode was also brought to you by Hawthorne. Fellas, don't you hate having to buy cologne for yourself? Don't you wish you could just wash your sheets with man musk scents, roll around in them, and wake up ready to get smelled by your coworkers? Smelling good's important. That's why I love Hawthorne. Instead of smelling a bunch of scents in a store until they all smell the same and you have brain damage, Hawthorne has you take a short quiz about your lifestyle and preferences, and then they send you two scents, one for work, one for play. They offer this handy quiz that I loved. There's a scale for BO that goes from no BO to painful BO. And to me, all BO is painful because the interior lining of my nose has degraded. Because it's smelling colognes, not anything else. They also have deodorant, shampoo, and body wash. The whole process is easy and convenient. Best of all, it's totally risk-free with free shipping and free returns. Check out Hawthorne at hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E. And use my promo code RICK to get 10% off your first purchase. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot C-O. And use my code RICK to get 10% off your purchase. Hawthorne.co. And support for Rick's Plane comes from Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. Whatever the thing was that you held off doing in November, whether it was cutting or nutting, it's December now, so clean it up, boys. It's time to gear up and get yourself a gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Holiday sweaters may be itchy and furry and fun, but they're about the only thing that you'll wear that's furry, itchy, and fun. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The lawnmower 2.0 comes inside their Perfect Package 2.0, which makes the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling nice down there. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0 includes the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver to keep your balls from sweating, smelling, or sticking, and these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code RICKSPLAINED at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code RICKSPLAINED. You can be a bad Santa without being a bushy Santa. Marty, what are you doing to me? Uh, Jessica. Five more minutes of this and I'm gonna get uh, mad. It's not my fault this is happening. How long have you all been eating poop? We have never eaten poop. Uh, me neither. Say, where did my family get off to? <laughs> Run! Run, my baby! Bonus! <laughs> Here with us is the voice of Mr. Goldenfold himself, and he's a writer on Rick and Morty and a regular of the Harmontown podcast, R.A.P. Uh, Brandon Johnson, thank you so much for coming on the thank show. Thank you so yeah. much for having me. We yes. love having you here. And returning to the show, as always, is new rock star Slut Dragon. Yes! He told me to write that. Uh, Tommy Beck told. I like it. <laughs> I like the way it feels. We like the way you feel. Yes. Okay, let's talk about the uh, the big mystery of this episode, the talking cat. Yeah, uh, at the end, it made Jerry and Rick vomit, which is not a common thing to see Rick uh, react that way. And I speculated earlier in this episode that it, uh, his past is so unspeakably obscene, could be connected to like some Mr. Jellybean stuff that the show wants to hint at, but not like explicitly say. Yeah. But I'm curious to know you guys' thoughts, because clearly this is something that the show <laughs> left open as a mystery for us to speculate on. What do you guys think they saw in the cat's backstory Ooh, you got a good theory I mean I do kind of feel like it's probably a self-immolation Mr. <laughs> Hands tub oh, girl oh. two girls one cup oh, compilation uh, <laughs> throwing a little Christmas theme oh, yeah I mean if no. you need something to make someone vomit as quickly as possible you, yeah. yeah you got all your uh, 
I'm trying to think of what are like real vomit triggers for me, you know? And uh, baked beans always make me uh, feel nauseous for some reason. Okay, that's not code like... word for a specific internet. Oh, yeah, look up baked beans. <laughs> You'll never sleep again. No, <laughs> no, it's just a can of Bush's baked beans. I don't, yeah, I feel like it's going to have to be something unspeakable, right? Yeah. Like, clearly, because uh, they don't do, like, cheap jokes on that show very much, so it wouldn't be, like, uh, like an old music video or something like that. It's going to have to be something truly horrific they really take you through the ringer on that show yeah. so like whatever was watched i think you had a good story we we're talking off camera brandon about uh there's a there's a trend of showing disturbing videos and that you know in the writer's room you can leave blind and you start to question the people that you work with uh -huh. after we've shared all of this stuff because part of it is that you're like um i don't know how you found that <laughs> but I also don't know how you suggest another person should see it. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> how did you find yeah. someone eating their own shit mm. and decide, hey man, uh, this should be archived. <laughs> and like, and my favorites yeah. in the browser of my mind, I'm gonna always have this one ready to go. <laughs> I love hearing about that with uh, writers' rooms, how they'll just try to top each other with how dark and f they can get with mm. the bits. There was like an old ruling in the 90s, they call it like the friends rule with sitcom writers where you can't sue your writer or showrunner based off of the jokes because it's all just like yeah. creative generation and you need to allow right. the writer's room to go to those dark places so mm -hmm. you know how to rein it in mm -hmm. for yeah. the episode. Um, and you're now in the room, so like how do you think some an episode like this comes out of conversation? I am no longer in the room. Okay. I visited, I found out that they didn't have the same snacks that I thought <laughs> I'd signed up for. Also, I'm out. <laughs> also, I was like, every day? <laughs> every wait, this day. is a job? Right. Hold on, wait. Right. I was like, man, I, at home, I come up with jokes at like one o'clock, yeah. and then I take a nap, uh, and then I get up at like seven, mm. and then I'm like hilarious again mm. for seven to eight. Uh -huh. uh, but they were like, those aren't our working hours. <laughs> and I was like, what, a, what are the benefits? When do the benefits kick in? And they were like, every day you have to be here for benefits. Right. And uh -huh. I was like, that's not how I grew up. Really. <laughs> um, so I was, and uh, I have left them to do their tasks, which they do beautifully mm -hmm. on a daily basis. It was incredible to be in there. And I think all things spawn episodes. Mm -hmm. So you, you can see that they were sort of on a Game of Thrones, Dungeons and Dragons, mm -hmm. uh, uh, like wave mm -hmm. in order to get to this season, mm -hmm. uh, in order to get this episode. Mm -hmm. It's also super crazy because um, I think Rick and Morty hears its own voice mm -hmm. and wants to make fun of itself. Mm -hmm. sure. So it's great that they went after their fan base. Right, yeah. Dragon lovers. Yeah. Um, and now you know that dragons are sluts. Right, yeah. So, which is also their base, people who masturbate. I, I love there's no There's no sin in that. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's no, let's be honest. Right. Rick and Morty fans, you probably, 10% ten, ten of you are holding it right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And that's the, is it rule 37, right? There's, if something exists, there's porn yes. of it. And yes. there is a, a very uh, active community of um, DeviantArt uh, yeah. dragon porn no, that sure. I'm now a proud member of. Go to any, go to any Comic-Con <laughs> and there's that like weird, you walk down the wrong alley at any comic convention and it's like all the art shifts from like Superman and the Justice League to like, like Superman and the Thrustus League and they're just like, it's like, hey, is there ever a character that you didn't think you could sexualize? Well, this man's been doing it for 25 years. Like, here's Chewbacca with seven penises. And like, right. it's very disturbing. I think this episode went after its fans on in every storyline because I think the cat storyline also brought up the element of questioning things too much. Sure. Yeah, you're overthinking like, it. Yeah. And, and being kind of a know-it-all about stuff uh -huh. and like, you know, correcting people and how correction culture just leads to people being like, 
all right, you've absolutely educated me on this, but I don't want to talk to you anymore. So it isolates us. Like, <laughs> yeah. where it's like, cool, you can tell me in the comments that I've said five wrong things on this, but I'm going to be like, I don't want to hang out with this person. They make me feel bad. Like, yeah, going through the comments on Twitter, on Reddit, like this seems to be polarized to people this episode. Like mm -hmm. it, everyone understands that the show can get this sexual and this yeah. obscene, right. but it's rattled some people. They're sure. like, oh my God, the sound, the, the staff. <laughs> yeah, oh God. <laughs> I just know it's the staff. You know, yeah. that's, do we think the show can go too far? Or is it just going to like, it might turn off some people, but they can just double down on their hardcore fans that will never turn mm -hmm. on them by making increasingly sexually explicit jokes like this. Well, I, I think that it, it's more just, it's more of a mirror on what makes people uncomfortable. And like, you know, like let's say generalization, like sex tends to be something that makes people uncomfortable, you know, to a certain degree, or they're at least private about. So like, no matter what, we're always going to be a little bit like, oh, wow, I can't believe they did that. Like, even I was like, and trust me, I know a lot about sex. I've tried it a few <laughs> times. But, like, ooh, you know, an even expert. Like, even when, like, the staff was, like, jiggling, I was like, ooh, like, you know. But then I like, you know, like, I, I can still take it in because I'm a tough guy. But, like, I think, like, yeah, people are always going to be a little uncomfortable. But that's more of an internal thing. He's a big, strong, tough yeah, guy. Yeah, I'm a big, strong man. Like, listen, I drove my car here by myself today. Oh, no. What? I made oh, breakfast. No for myself today. Uh. I dressed myself, obviously. <laughs> Nobody had any input on this. But yeah, I just think like it's always kind of just a mirror on like, for whatever reason, sex is always gonna make people uncomfortable to yeah. a certain degree. And then you either are able to push through it and see the episode or you go kind of blind to it and then go take to the internet and comment on it. Sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you had mentioned like the whole idea of eating shit and archiving that. Like Mr. Goldenfold, <laughs> we found out in the Pickle Rick episode, is at least going to therapy yes. for poop eating. Like <laughs> as Mr. Goldenfold, you've had some of the best lines yeah. of, of the series. Like what, how, how did you come into this role and do you have any like memories of being in the booth? My favorite thing is that you get to, when you're this character, you get to uh, make people's day and say things in bars, <laughs> but usually you're, you're very drunk. So the first season was great, and I'm drunk, and I'm in a bar, and somebody would, you know, I would, I would tell, because nobody can recognize me from the show. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it's the Wait, first what? thing I do what? when I get drunk, because yeah. I'm like, you know who you're talking to? <laughs> Math. But that's how it comes out because I'm drunk. So I can't even do Golden Fold because I'm too drunk. So this season, this season, um, I, I'm able to say to people drunkenly, "How long have you been eating poop?" And they're like, "You don't sound like him." And and this is an intervention. So why why are you trying to use Golden Fold to get out of rehab? Point is, um, I came into it because I got lucky. They didn't. I don't think they knew. I've told the story before, but I, I, I uh, I'll tell the shortened version. I don't think that they knew I was auditioning, mm -hmm. um, and I don't. I didn't know who was doing this show, Rick and Morty. Mm -hmm. Like I followed Justin forever. Dan and I are neighbors, mm -hmm. drinking buddies, and Justin I have loved since he did this thing for Channel One Hundred One called Mr. Sprinkles. Mm -hmm. And if you, oh, yeah. if you guys get a chance, to, I know you guys know it, yeah. but if you in the the rest of the world, <laughs> the universe, uh, if you don't know it, it's Mr. Sprinkles is amazing. Um, it, it should be its own show. Mm -hmm. And I'd always wanted to work with dude. So when this came around, I was like, yeah, for sure. Go in the booth, do it. I got a teacher in mind that I, I went to Catholic school. This guy was my teacher and I was like, if I ever get a chance, I'm gonna do this dude's voice. Mm. So I go in, I do this dude. He sounds like nobody else. <laughs> and luckily it worked out. Uh, that's great. Uh, and we, we saw earlier in the clip we, the, when he was the, in the wasp reality uh, as the caterpillar, uh, yeah. How much of that was scripted? You mentioned some of that might have been, at least emotionally, ad-libbed. 
because uh, I love in this show in the boot the characters will scream have mental breakdowns mm -hmm. and like it seems so like real and terrifying and mm -hmm. raw like how much of that was just your it's <laughs> awful because <laughs> when somebody says scream you're like uh, ah mm. right but when somebody's like no scream for real <laughs> you'll scream and then you'll see people's face in the booth like what have you been through <laughs> right so the last caterpillar screams are like they were jarring <laughs> Look out. And people were like, good God. Who hurt um, you? You have been hurt and tortured in life. <laughs> They're so generous mm. with me and Golden Fold. They don't have to write me into the show that much. They don't have to spend that much time drawing. But I, I, I think that I have contributed to the best of my abilities mm. so that I'm trying to angle like, Hey man, if you guys draw them, I'll make them <laughs> hilarious. Mm. Like, if, if you guys write them in, I'll try to make them as hilarious uh, as mm. possible. And that that caterpillar thing, I don't know that that was originally in, because I saw them adding it later. I'm okay. not quite sure how that went down. Uh -huh. But I would walk by it every day, and the artists would show it to me, mm. and I knew like <laughs> once I get in the booth and that thing is actually moving, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow my throat out trying mm. to make, which is that's what she said. I'm gonna blow my throat out. <laughs> trying to make that thing sound as good as possible. Oh, so yeah. I was really like, oh, ah, oh, ah. <laughs> 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 and that's like the last thing yeah. that he does. And even when I watch it, I'm like, good God. This sounds like 300 years of slavery mm. after you found out that slaves got free. <laughs> Gotta work today again. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone else is leaving. These aren't my hours. <laughs> Do you like to bed? Oh, we ran out of soap and I've gotta wash dirt. <laughs> <laughs> I always say there were too many slaves on the plantation. <laughs> so when you'd run up to dudes and you'd be like, what do you do? And like, man, I'm the one who makes the dirt dirtier. <laughs> oh, I'm the washer washer. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Well, I wash this and then I wash it again. <laughs> too many. Oh, man. Too many people working on this plantation. <laughs> Well, there was an HR then, so yeah, right. unfortunately right. you couldn't really And that's bring the up. only reason it was bad, is if we just had HR to If we could have just brought in, in some people to put some ramifications This is why around. every company needs an HR department, because otherwise slavery is going to happen. Right. Yeah. Start, actually, sure. in a way, yeah, it is kind of true. It's true, though. It's true. Every episode devolves into a whole Marxist thing. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, this has been so great. I hate to cut off here, because it seems like we're censoring, but we're just out of time. Yeah. Uh, it's as been soon so as the black guy talks about yeah. slavery, mm. we're out of time. Uh, <laughs> and I haven't made my <laughs> argument about the police yet. Hang on. <laughs> We're desperately out of time. <laughs> and coming out of that um, technical difficulties, you didn't miss anything. <laughs> you didn't miss anything. We're all just a couple years older internally. Um, Brandon, thank you so much for coming on this show. It's been so great chatting thank you with so you. so much and for having we me. We love hearing your voice on the show. We look forward to hearing it much, much more. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, write him in. Keep writing in, Mr. Goldenfold. It's the best recurring character. Uh, and Tommy, as always. Thank you for having you me. You were here. Yes. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. We'll be back next week to break down the mid-season finale, or episode five, whatever it's going to be. And uh, we'll also be doing Easter egg breakdowns of all the inner jokes that you, you might have missed. And make sure to subscribe to Rick Explained. That's our podcast feed. Let's help us beat Ellen, or at least the other Rick and Morty after shows that exist. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and thank you so much for joining us. We'll close out with our favorite joke of this episode. You know who's into dragons, Morty? Nerds that refuse to admit they're Christian. I want 